Some days are just too nice to stay inside. That's why I'm coming to you live from the outside for today's episode. I'm at a Starbucks. I've got my iced caramel latte non-fat in front of me. Sit down at the table. Let's enjoy the beautiful weather today because it's going to be a wonderful conversation. Thanks for joining the Noteworthy Podcast. This is your host, Nathan French. Let's go. We live in a world of scams and manipulation. It's a jungle out there. The 10-year challenge popped up a couple of months ago across Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Millions of people have participated. The challenge generated 5.2 million engagements on Facebook in just three days. The idea was to post a picture of yourself 10 years ago next to a current image and see how well you've aged. What's the catch, though, in a world of manipulation and scams? The catch was that Facebook uses facial recognition software algorithms. The problem Facebook was running into is that people were aging so much in the last decade that facial recognition couldn't recognize them quickly anymore. And so the 10-year challenge updated 5.2 million faces on their facial recognition software. And all they had to do was release a hashtag challenge. human, you have experienced doubt. It doesn't make you an unbeliever, it makes you human. So in today's episode, I'm glad you joined me, we're going to talk about dealing with doubt. Especially as a Christian, how do we deal with the emotions of doubt that we feel? Sadly, In our introduction, just as an example of that, usually there's a catch to something out there in the world. When you've been scammed a few times, it makes it hard to trust and it makes it hard to believe in anything that's of real and and has substance. And so, for today's episode, I want to start by playing a little game of opposites. The opposite of up is down. The opposite of high is low. The opposite of sadness is happiness, and the opposite of life is death. But wouldn't it be nice if life was all that black and white and everything could be broken down into opposites? But sometimes life isn't that cut and dry. For example, what if I asked you, what is the opposite of fear? What would you say? Maybe you would say courage or bravery. 
But the line gets crossed here. And stay with me, I'm making a point here. The lines get crossed because courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is when you persevere in spite of your fear. And if there were no fear, there could not be courage. Sometimes the two coexist. Every time I speak in front of a large crowd or sing in front of large crowds, it takes courage in my mind because I still experience fear. It's usually the anointing that helps me get through those moments of fear. But anointing is not the absence of fear. It's the result of someone who overcame fear in the presence of God. If it, what if it was said, what is the opposite of faith? What would we say in that game of opposites? We would all say, doubt, of course. But the lines get blurred here as well, because experiencing and dealing with doubt does not always indicate the absence of faith. Doubt indicated the presence of of humanity. Doubt is a part of living in a fallen world. We should not live in doubt, but we do need to deal with doubt because it is a part of all of our stories. And so if you were to talk about Thomas, for example, in the Bible, we all put, uh, if I were to ask you, for instance, I, I did this test on my youth group a few weeks ago, and I said, how many knows who Thomas is in the Bible? And they all shouted and said, Doubting Thomas. And I thought to myself, Thomas really gets a bad rap here because he doubted one time, and yet he has a doubting in front of his name. For all history, we think of him as doubting Thomas because he just could not believe that Jesus had been risen from the dead and he demanded to see him. He demanded to feel the nail scars in his hands and the spear wound in his side. But if we were really honest today, all of us would have a doubting in front of our names if you really think about it, because we've all experienced and had to overcome doubt at some point in our life, your faith is not perfect, which is a good thing, because that means that your faith can become stronger today than it was yesterday. Don't live with doubt. Step into the ring and fight it until it falls down. Don't wake up every day and say, God, how are you going to do this? Wake up and say, God, I know you're powerful. I know that you're able, and I know that you're going to help me through this trial. And so I really feel this on my spirit today because if you're listening to me, I know you've experienced doubt. Maybe you're dealing with difficulty right now in your faith. You're trying to understand how in the world God is going to do what he said he would do. But 
as you're driving to work today or jogging and or exercising or just at a coffee shop drinking your coffee, maybe you tuned into this podcast and you had enough faith in me to hit play, and I'm thankful for that. So I want to tell you in this moment that God is going to do everything that he promised. And don't beat yourself up because you've experienced doubt. Doesn't mean you're an unbeliever. It doesn't mean that you've given up on God. No, let's, let's, let's rejuvenate here. Get, get a sip of your coffee. Let's really think about this. You know God is real. You're, you're not an unbeliever, uh, unbeliever because you've experienced doubt. You just need to deal with it. Let's deal with doubt. Let's look at it. And so in today's episode, let's talk about four facts that you should know when fighting doubt because you should fight doubt. Doubt is your enemy. Doubt will kick you when you are down. Doubt will finish you off when you're not expecting it. Doubt is not your friend. And doubt is a tool used by your greatest enemy, Satan himself. So don't don't lay down and say, doubt's just going to have to be a part of my life. Let's fight it. Let's deal with it. And God is going to help us overcome doubt today. Okay, four facts you should know when fighting doubt. And this will not take long. We'll probably knock it out before you get to work. Statistics show that most people begin to doubt their faith around their 20s and 30s. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. We should all personally consider the question, is what I've been taught my whole life true? So our first point is doubt is often the birthplace of deepened faith. Doubt is often the birthplace of deepened faith. We should all ask ourselves the question, is what I've been taught my whole life true? And in order to embrace our faith on a deeper level, uh, such doubt often results in stronger faith. Something powerful happens when God reveals to you what he revealed to your parents and your pastor long ago. And out of those questions come a a deeper commitment to your faith. Jude chapter 1 and verse 22 says, And you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Isn't it amazing that the God of the universe can even use doubt? (laughs) He can, he can work with whatever you have. And if all you have is doubt right now, Jesus can work with that. <laughs> man, man, that, that's just a powerful thought. I just, okay, I'm going to move on. That's powerful. Okay. So before there was ever an Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, there had to be an Acts chapter 2 and verse 12. I know you're probably driving, so I'll read it for you. Keep your eyes on the road. It says, and they were all amazed, and they were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? Their doubt led them to a question. Doubt asked the question that led them to the answer. 
Just to give you a little backdrop of that text, 120 people were filled with the Holy Ghost in the upper room. The Bible says they began to speak in tongues, and and they didn't contain it in the upper room, but they went out onto the streets, and they're, they're speaking in tongues, and the Bible says that people thought they were drunk, and Peter begins to tell them they're not They're not drunk as you suppose. They're filled with a new wine. It's the wine of the Spirit. And so 120 people in the upper room were filled with the Holy Ghost. But by the end of the day, 3,000 people were filled with the Holy Ghost. Why? Because somebody had enough courage to ask a question out of their doubt. They said, "What's, what's going on here? What's happening and the Bible specifically says they were in doubt. But doubt led them to the question. And that question led them to an answer. You have to have courage to ask questions. I'm telling you, there is no such thing as a stupid question when it involves getting to know God better than you knew him yesterday. I don't care if you've been raised in church, uh, and I have ex- I have found in my personal experience that most people that were raised in church are the ones that have the hardest time asking the questions because they're ashamed to admit that they don't have all the answers when they were raised in church. But hear me right now, and I feel the Holy Ghost is helping me when I tell you this. You don't have to have all the answers. And just because you were raised in church doesn't mean that you should know everything. We're all sinners saved by grace, and we all need to ask the questions. Okay, point number two on how to fight doubt and deal with doubt. Number two, doubt is not unbelief. Now, I might lose a couple people here because this is kind of a deep point, but it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. Doubt is the bridge that connects current faith to perfect faith. And that bridge will stand until our death or Christ's return. When we go through a faith crisis, though, we don't naturally see things this way. Once doubt enters and infects our lives on a conscience level, we may interpret it as outright unbelief. We simply don't know how else to process it. We think we're on an inevitable road to complete unbelief. But God can work through your doubts, but he will not work in unbelief. I'm going to say that one more time. God will work through your doubts, but he will not work in unbelief. The two are very different in the eyes of God. For example, unbelief means... You do not believe God can do it. Doubt means you don't know if God will do it, and you're working through the emotions of that possible outcome. Matthew 13 and 58 says, And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. God, there are certain things that unbelief will keep us from in the presence of God. The opposite of faith is not doubt. The opposite of faith is unbelief. Doubting God's plan in your life is very different than doubting 
God's life in your plan. Point number three on how to deal with doubt. Doubt helps you doubt your doubts. You're welcome. I just said it. And I'm going to say it again because you probably thought you misheard me. Point number three. Doubt helps you doubt your doubts. Why give your doubt a courtesy that you don't give your faith? Is your doubt so compelling that it can't be questioned? And when we go through times of doubt, we need to make sure we are critical of our doubts as well. Some people are so critical of faith, but sometimes you need to criticize your doubts. Your doubts are not always real. Your fears are not always real. Um, Somebody told me this a couple of years ago, and I can't remember who it was, but... Oh, yes, it was a Mark Batterson book I was reading um, called The Circle Maker, but it was the... It was called Praying Circles Around Your Children. And wow, this was a powerful book, guys. It was a real little read. I think it was only like 110 pages. But he was talking about fear as a child. And he would run to his mother and say, there's a, there's a monster under my bed. And his mother looked at him and said, well, it must not be a very scary monster. And he looked at her in disbelief, and he said, why Why don't you think it's a scary monster, Mommy? He's, she said, because it fits underneath your bed. It must be a pretty tiny monster. You see, fear is not rational. Fear doesn't use logic. Doubt doesn't use logic. Doubt is not rational. Sometimes we experience doubt when we shouldn't. It doesn't even make sense to doubt God sometimes. Sometimes the answer is so clear and the path is so straight and the answer is right in front of us. Don't, don't give your doubt a courtesy that, that you don't give your faith. Be willing to look at doubt and say, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is crazy. What, what am I even doing right now? I know God's bigger than this. I know God is stronger than this. And for Christians, we can be sure that the central truths of our faith will never be outweighed by our doubt. Guys, if you're hearing any background noise today, I I do apologize. You might hear cars driving by. uh, I just wanted to be outside today, and it's such a beautiful day. I'm also using a different microphone. It's a handheld mic. Um things like this when I'm on the go and want to be outside. Isn't technology amazing that I can be outside uh, recording a podcast episode right now drinking coffee? All right. Number four is our last point. And we're we're almost done. You've, You've stuck with me this long. You are so amazing. We are almost there. Number four. Doubt can be overcome. Don't live in doubt. Deal with doubt. Doubt could stand for debating on understanding bewildering thought. (laughs) Because doubt often happens when we get lost in the world of thoughts. Some people get so lost in their thoughts 
that they never get lost in the presence of God anymore. And I would rather get lost in his presence than in mine. And for today's podcast, let's say that faith, and I have to give credit to uh, somebody named Samaria for this great acronym here. Faith stands for facing all impossibilities through him. Thank you, Samaria, for that awesome quote. I had to share it on the show today. Hebrews 11 and 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Mark 9 and 23, Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believe. Guys, I want to thank you for joining me today on this little conversation about doubt. And if you're listening today and your faith tank is on full and this didn't relate to you, thanks for sticking with me. But I promise you at some point, the devil's going to try to come against you and he's going to try to make you experience doubt. And when he does, I want you to stand up. I want you to brace your two feet on the ground and I want you to look him in the eye. And I want you to tell him that my God is bigger than you, doubt. My God is bigger than you, fear. Because I serve a God that is able. And it doesn't take a lot of faith. It just takes the size of a mustard seed, faith, to move a mountain. Guys, be an overcomer. Step into the ring. Punch doubt right in the face. Hit him right in the jaw and watch him fall because we serve a God that is able. I love you guys. Thanks for sitting down at the coffee table today. Thanks for sitting under the beautiful sunshine with me. I hope you have an awesome day at work. I hope you have great church this weekend. And I hope that you're a world changer every day that you get up. I love you guys. Walk in faith. Don't beat yourself up for having doubt. But don't live in doubt. Punch it in the face today. Defeat it. And walk forward in victory. I love you guys. We'll see you next time on the Noteworthy Podcast.